0: Morning church. I uh, I like that song. That's a golden oldie to me. Some of y'all grew up singing that song. That's a that's a golden oldie to me. You can tell when a congregation knows certain songs, your your volume gets better, your your passion gets a little more. I mean, I'm all for new songs, but some of those old songs, y'all just you just kind of brighten up. That's as opposed to the weather outside. Brighten up weather. Need to make that transition for y'all. The, uh, the weather might get bad later on today. Not supposed to get bad till this evening, so hopefully it won't be too bad. We need some moisture, but uh, the whole country's getting a pretty good shot of bad weather. Oklahoma City's getting hit hard. You always ask me how my mom is. My mom's not scared of no tornadoes, so uh, they just kind of go around her. Thanks for laughing. Some of y'all appreciate that. I want to talk to you all day about scapegoats. Scapegoats. Maybe you're familiar with scapegoats. They've existed for a long time. Scapegoats. Scapegoats exist so that we can put blame and transfer blame on someone else. I mean, if it's a choice between accepting blame and transferring blame to someone else, most of the time, lots of times, human beings just want to transfer the blame. So I tried to make a list of some scapegoats. I just searched on the internet. I just plugged in scapegoats. So maybe you came up with some of these. I mean, you just have to go to the first chapter in the Bible. Adam blamed Eve. She was the scapegoat. Eve blamed a lot of people blame the devil. It's his fault. A lot of people blame God. It's his fault. There's all kinds of scapegoats in the world. Hitler blamed the Jews. Democrats blame the Republicans. Republicans blame the Democrats. Maybe you remember reading about the Great Fire in 1871 that that engulfed Chicago. I think some of y'all were there. Um, anyway, that was bad. That was bad, wasn't it? Killed about 300 people. 17,000 buildings were destroyed. You know who the scapegoat was in that? It was blamed on. Mrs. O'Leary's cow. For a hundred years, Mrs. O'Leary's cow was blamed for that until in 1997, a Chicago insurance investigator exonerated the cow. It wasn't really a scapegoat, it was a scape cow. But for a hundred years, that fire was blamed on a cow. Those of you who are sports fans remember Bill Buckner? Remember back in 1986, the Boston Red Sox, he booted, he missed a routine ground ball to first base, and he was a scapegoat. I mean, there's still shows about him, and they blame him. Remember Watergate, Nixon, and Haldeman, and Ehrlichman? See, we all don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Back to sports, one of my favorites is Steve Bartman. You remember Steve Bartman? Go back to 2003, October 14. The Chicago Cubs are leading the Florida Marlins three games to two. They're winning game six. They're up three to nothing in the eighth inning. And a foul ball is hit and Moises Alou for the Cubs is about to catch this ball. And Steve Bartman reaches out and interferes. I mean, they had to escort him out of the game because people were throwing stuff at him. They blamed him for the. The Florida Marlins went on to score eight runs, and they won game six. They won game seven, and Steve Bartman has disappeared since 2003. Nobody's heard of him. They want to find him. No words, no comments. The Cubs fans, a lot of them, they blamed him. The Cubs, a lot of them blamed him. The country, a lot of them blamed him, and he was just a fan enjoying the game scapegoats they're all around us scapegoats are fall guys scapegoats are whipping boys a scapegoat is a way of projecting my blame and my guilt and my sins if i can if somebody else can just take the blame you see it in the workplace you see it in families you see it in relationships scapegoats a way to transfer a way to transfer blame transfer guilt transfer sins we're in a series called nothing but the blood and you're thinking what richie what does that have to do with with scapegoats well we're talking about our need for blood not in a physical sense although in a physical sense, we need blood, but in a spiritual sense, because in a spiritual sense, we need blood. We need the blood of Jesus. We need the blood of Jesus for life. We need the blood of Jesus for eternal life. We need the blood of Jesus for abundant life. We need the blood of Jesus. So what does that have to do with scapegoats? Well, I want to talk to you because we need to understand. We need to go back several thousand years. We need to understand the Day of Atonement. Because when we read about the Day of Atonement, we need to understand what it means to have a scapegoat. The Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, perhaps the most famous, the most important holiday in the Jewish world. The Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement, the one day a year when the Lord said, "All right, I want all my people, all the Israelites, they came together as a community. I want everybody together in one group. It's the one day a year that God says, I want you to come together and make sacrifice and ask for forgiveness. It's the one day of year, the atonement, the day of atonement. If you want to be right with God, if you want to move forward with God, if you want to be at one with God, you've got to atone for your sins and something has to be done. So, if you want to turn to Leviticus 16 to read about the Day of Atonement, we're going to put some Scriptures up here. Let me read to you some of these Scriptures. The Day of Atonement, Leviticus 16. From the Israelite community, he, Aaron, the high priest, is to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering and his household. Then he's to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He's to cast lots for the two goats. One lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. There's our word. Scapegoat. The goat of removal. The goat where we send away. The sender away. William Tyndale in his 1530 Bible called it the escape goat. If there's just some way I can escape the scapegoat. So here's what was happening. The Day of Atonement was one day, one time a year. And the high priest would change clothes. He'd put on sacred garments. He'd have to bathe and he'd have to get ready and he'd have to wash. And he would put on sacred garments. And God says, this day is so important. This day is so important. I, want you, I don't want you to do any work at all. If you do any work at all, God says, I will destroy you. You can read it in Leviticus 16. You read on through there. God talks about that. And the high priest was to offer a bull for his own sins and the sins of his family. And then he's to take two goats and then he casts lots. One of the goats is for the Lord. One of the goats is a scapegoat. Let's keep reading in 16 and verse 9. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot is the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the desert as a scapegoat. So we got two goats. We're going to cast lots. One's lucky, one's not. One dies as a sacrifice, one gets sent away, probably going to die anyway out in the desert. One dies immediately, one dies a slow death. We've got two goats going on here. Let's keep reading verse 20. When Aaron has finished making atonement for the most holy place, the tent of meeting, and the altar, He shall bring forward the live goat. He's to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites all their sins and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the desert in the care of a man appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all their sins to a solitary place, and the man shall release it in the desert. So here's what's going on. We sacrifice one goat, we got one goat left. And the high priest lays his hands on the head of the goat and confesses all the sins of Israel, all the wickedness, as if that goat's done anything wrong, as if you can really transfer sins to a goat. But he lays his hands on that goat and says, "All right, everything that Israel has done, everything that the community has done, I'm transferring to this scapegoat. And then they had a guy assigned. You need to get that goat out of here. I mean, nobody wanted to touch that goat. You don't want to touch the goat that's loaded with sin. Nobody wanted to wake up with the goat in their backyard that has all the sins of Israel on that goat. So we're going to assign someone to the task. A lot of research says it was probably a Gentile because the Jews didn't want to do it. The Jews didn't want to risk touching that goat. And so they would send that goat out into the desert. And the Israelite community, I'm sure they're watching that goat as that goat's getting farther and farther away because that goat has all of their sins, all the sins of the community. And they wanted to make sure that goat would get far, far away. And they would watch that goat until they couldn't see that goat anymore. Because they wanted their sins to be so far. Just take our sins away. Scapegoat. We're going to transfer our sins on a goat. And send those sins away. As if really that works? Well, it worked throughout the Old Testament. Because that's what God called the people to do. He said once a year I want you to confess your sins. Transfer your sins Have a sin offering. And then I want you to send that goat out into the desert. Now. Not much has changed. Oh, we don't have sin offerings and we don't offer goats. But, you know, if there's just some way for my sins to disappear. If there's just some ways, some way for me to transfer my sin. If there's just some way for for someone or some animal, somebody if I could just transfer my sin and, and send it off somewhere, wouldn't that be great? So we fast forward again to the New Testament and we go to John 1 that we keep looking at. And, and John is out there with a couple of disciples and notice the terminology. He looks at Jesus and says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look, a sacrifice, a Lamb of God. Look, as a scapegoat, he doesn't use that word, but that's what a scapegoat does. Look, a lamb of God, the lamb of God who takes away as a scapegoat the sin of the world. Wow, don't you find it kind of interesting in John chapter 19 when Jesus is before Pilate and Pilate says, here's your king, and the people say, take him away, take him away. Crucify Him. It's kind of interesting, don't you think? Because they didn't understand. They didn't understand there's a scapegoat right in front of them. And the irony of this is, in order for our sins to be taken away, they had to take Jesus away. But they weren't yelling, take our sins away. They were yelling, take Him away. And the irony is, they didn't know that a scapegoat is being offered to take the sins away. And just like a scapegoat, Jesus was led outside the city. And just like in the Old Testament, probably a Gentile led that scapegoat out, Gentiles led Jesus outside the city. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through His own blood. Through His own blood. There's the blood right there. Jesus was taken outside the city. Our sins were taken outside the city. Jesus was led away like a scapegoat outside the city. Wow. Look at Isaiah 53 and verse 6. And the Lord has laid on Him... It's as if God Himself transfers our sins. The Lord laid on Him the sins of all of us from the message. God has piled all of our sins... On this scapegoat, on Jesus. Second Corinthians 5.21, our scripture reading today, God made him who had no sin. He was a perfect sacrifice. He was innocent. And God transferred all of our sins. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You need to read through Hebrews chapter 9 and Hebrews chapter 10. A couple of verses up there. Hebrews chapter 9, when Christ came, He did not enter by means of the blood of bulls, of goats and calves, but He entered the most holy place once in all by His own blood. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins, but it's possible for the blood of Jesus to do that. Scapegoat. Everybody needs one. The world needs One. Some of you today, I'm guessing, have come here and I, I I don't even know what sins you have. I don't know what kind of burden you have. I don't know what kind of guilt you have. But some of y'all have been carrying some pretty heavy stuff for years. Wondering, you know, I just don't think that God can forgive me of this one. I just don't think that what I did when I was 15 or 20. And some of y'all have been carrying some stuff for 15, 20, 30, 40 years. Because I just don't know. I know God says, but I'm just not sure He's taking my sins away. And you live beating yourself up, thinking that beating yourself up will take your sins away. And yet, just like in the Old Testament, you beat yourself up year after year after year. All the weight and all the guilt. You know what you need today? You, you need... A scapegoat. Scapegoat, a way to transfer the sins and blame of the people. Scapegoat, a way for me to transfer my sins away. When Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus shed His blood, He became our scapegoat. Because without the shedding of blood... There is no forgiveness. But this wasn't the blood of a goat. This wasn't the blood of an animal. This was the blood of Jesus that does take away sin, does take away guilt, does take away whatever you're carrying today. Look at some of these verses. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgression. Can you imagine looking from the east to the west? I mean... That's a long way. You, you can't even see that far. In the same way, I can't see that goat anymore. We, we sent that goat as far as the east is to the west. God's removed our sins. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Hey God, do you remember what I said, did yesterday and asked for forgiveness? No. Because the blood of Jesus already washed that one away. Hebrews 10 verse 10, We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ Once for all, once for all, we don't have to keep offering sacrifices. We don't have to keep needing a scapegoat to go into the desert once and for all. Jesus served the purpose of both of those goats. One was sacrificed and one was sent away for the sins. Jesus said, I'll die and I'll take your sins. I'll be the scapegoat. I'll take the blame. I'll suffer for the sins that you've committed. Wow. We sing a song, another golden oldie to me, that really illustrates what Jesus did at the cross as a scapegoat. There was one who was willing to die in my stead that a soul so unworthy might live. And the path to the cross, he was willing to tread. All the sins of my life to forgive. With what anguish and loss Jesus went to the cross, but he carried my sins with him there. I will cling to my Savior and never depart. I will joyfully journey each day with a song on my lips and a song in my heart that my sins have been taken away. They're nailed to the cross. They're nailed to the cross. Oh, how much He was willing to bear. With what anguish and loss, Jesus went to the cross. But He carried my sins with Him there. Listen, listen, church. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus died. He wants our sins. He wants them on the cross. He doesn't want us to carry our sins. He doesn't want us to have the burden. He doesn't want us to have the weight. What do you do with your sins? You can live with them and live miserable lives. Or you can give them to Jesus. And say, Lord, would you take care of these for me? Again, some of y'all have been carrying a lot of baggage. I'm not picking on. I'm just illustrating. Failed relationships. Divorce. Stupid mistakes, anger, hatred, disobedience. Wow, the list is long. The list is heavy. The good news today is Jesus is our scapegoat. And His blood washes our sins away. And you can leave here today cleansed. By the blood of Jesus. Because that's what blood does. Blood cleanses. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us. And gives us life. And gives us new life. But you've got to confess your sins. You've got to say, Jesus, here they are. I want to give them to you. You've got to give them to Jesus. And you've got to accept the sacrifice that He made at the cross. And you've got to repent of those sins. And you've got to be buried in baptism so the blood of Jesus can wash your sins away. If you need to respond to the invitation, you can come forward. If you need our shepherds to pray for you in the back, they'll take you to a private room and embrace you in prayer. If you need to respond today, please do so as we stand and sing.